0: Good afternoon. Good evening. Pleasure to see you here. My name is Lauren Griffith. I'm the director of international strategy for the university, and um, I'd like to welcome you to this fifth and final forum. Although I hope it will not be final in any in any sense of the word, but rather a beginning of of a long-standing initiative around cultural heritage at the university because indeed we will have failed if this is the last time that this group and others who are interested in cultural heritage across the university and creating a network even beyond the university get together. Um, Let me just make a couple of brief introductory remarks and then I'll give way to our distinguished speakers. Uh, the first forum, uh, which I spoke at, introduced the cultural heritage theme and asked what, what could the university contribute and how could it benefit. And this forum is kind of the mirror image to that. If um, the first one focused on the university, on Oxford, this one focuses on building bridges between the university and external organizations, leading efforts around the world to preserve and to disseminate cultural heritage. And in between, forums two, three, and four, explored particular perspectives on cultural heritage, or you might say, forces operating on cultural heritage, globalization, technology, and the law. So, contrary to the image of Oxford as a kind of closed bastion of British privilege, a misconception that unfortunately informs too much of the public discussion about the university still, Oxford's actually an incredibly permeable and internationally connected place, and so it's appropriate that we end this series with a session about external partnerships that we might create. And the virtues of collaboration and collaboration internationally are very familiar to people across the university. People here have been collaborating on as many topics as we we research for hundreds of years. International collaboration is in the very DNA of this place. We welcomed our first international student, Emo of Friesland, in the year 1190 for Centuries we have been studying other parts of the world. More than a hundred years ago, Oxford University Press started locating offices around the world. And we created large-scale scientific laboratories in Southeast Asia and in Africa decades ago. So internationalism is uh, deeply embedded here and collaboration is as well. It's worth saying that, on the one hand, collaborating with Oxford is very, very hard, and on the other hand, it is very easy. It is very hard because our standards are very high. They are high because we only want to work with those uh, with whom we have a very shared academic interest, an educational interest, a research interest. We don't sign agreements with other institutions just to have an agreement. If you go on the websites of many universities, you'll find them boasting of hundreds of international Collaborations, at least hundreds of pieces of paper that say there's a collaboration. How many of those lead to real shared work is another question. On the other hand, it is very easy to work with Oxford because of the decentralized nature of the university that many in the administration uh, make a sport of bemoaning. Uh, the word university, of course, has, it begins with uni, one. But Oxford's a kind of confederation. A confederation of colleges, a confederation of departments. And all of those colleges and all of those departments are authorized on their own to create links. So those of you who represent external organizations um, should know that you need not get approval from on high to work with people at Oxford. You simply go to the people that you want to work with. And if there is a shared interest, then you can make it happen. Tonight we have no fewer than eight distinguished speakers joining us, in person or virtually. I'll just introduce them now by name, they will then introduce themselves and say a bit more about their organizations as they come up. Those eight are from Oxford's Kellogg Center for the Historic Environment, Professor Malcolm Ayers, who is the Director. From English Heritage, Christopher Young, who is the Head of International Advice. From the International Council on Monuments and Sites, UK, Susan Denyer, who is a World Heritage Advisor and Secretary to the ICOMOS UK Executive Committee. From the International Council of Museums, Carol Scott, who's Chair of the ICOM UK Executive Committee. And from the European Parliament, James Ellis, who is a member, as Donna has said, representing Southeast England. And then joining by video, we have Robert Madeline, the EU Director General for Communications Networks, Content and Technology, known as Connect. And from UNESCO, Dr. Mechtild Rössler, the Deputy Director of the World Heritage Center, and Giovanni Boccardi, an expert in sustainable development, disaster risk reduction, and capacity building.